over matter. Put your mind somewhere else and keep going. That little voice in your head is trying to stop you from getting to where you want to be. Be successful and keep moving forward. With your host and world-renowned strength and conditioning coach, Phil Delrue. First, I got a lot of fighters and coaches that watch this channel, right? Okay. So they should be familiar with the ghost shit already, yes, right? For sure. But let's talk about how you, you know, your upbringing, like how, how this all got started and why you decided to pursue combat sports in general. Okay, um, well basically I've been training my whole life. Mm -hmm. My father was my first coach um, and then started with traditional martial arts mm -hmm. and then at 10 years old, I, I mean, I saw the UFC mm -hmm. and Hoist was just crushing people. Sure. So then I started jiu-jitsu when I was 10 with the Gracie Academy mm -hmm. and eventually I got my black belt there mm -hmm. um, and after I got my black belt, I was having lunch with Hoist and he's like, who's your favorite fighter? Mm -hmm. Like, man, GSP is my favorite fighter. <laughs> so he flew me out to TriStar. I was living um, at the TriStar dorms for a long time, yeah, yeah, yeah. training with Faraz and Ame, all the guys that's there. Awesome, and then they sent me finally to John Danaher. Oh, wow. And that's where I learned the majority of everything. Like the majority of the systems I teach my fighters uh, are the MMA systems from John. Mm. You know, so I basically like just regurgitate his genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't really. It's a very methodical way of oh, yeah, teaching. Sure. You know, I think definitely. I think he's a, he's a definite thinker. Definitely. Um, and he takes the game from another level and, and kind of manipulates it to where it, it matches the person, definitely. which is important because a lot of people, especially when it comes down to fighting, they try to mimic somebody else where they have to find their own style. You know what I'm saying? So I think Denher does do a great job of that too. No, for sure, for sure. He's very analytical. A lot about what he teaches is very um, not only scientific but he studies the fights so for oh. example if he wants to teach a double leg he'll look at the top 10 double legs in history mm -hmm. right the best double eggers in history mm -hmm. and then he'll find the commonalities amongst them sure and then that's what he teaches so mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool what he's done mm -hmm. and I mean I think he's considered the greatest jiu-jitsu coach of all time yeah, for sure awesome. yeah um, he's definitely up there for sure yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so all right so now Going into your, I mean, you competed obviously. Yeah. After that, you know, what decide? What did you decide to open up a gym and be a coach? So when I was competing, um, I did a lot of amateur kickboxing. That was the majority of my fights. I mm. won worlds twice. I represented USA and Italy, all that stuff. Yeah. And I was supposed to be like the next protege. You mm. know, like everyone was talking. There was a lot of hype, all this stuff. And I went into MMA and definitely went through some hiccups, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I was going through it, because I was coaching, by the time I went to MMA, I was coaching and fighting at the same time. I know how that is. Definitely. Yeah, it's tough, you know? And um, I remember my last fight, I fought for like a local Florida MMA title, pro mm -hmm. title, mm -hmm. and I won it. And after that fight, I'm like, you know what? That was one of the big reasons I'm like, I'm kind of done with it. I fell in love with my fighters more than my own career. Sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I realized like my passion was in coaching. And that just took over, you know? And there's yeah. a lot of little signs in my life that I, I wanted to do that. Sure. And specifically, uh, one of the big things was uh, my fighters were so hungry. Yeah. And they were sacrificing so much of their own life and their situation, life situation wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Let me pass on my knowledge to these guys because I'd rather these guys uh, be the ones to, to really take off, you know? Yeah. So. so that's interesting. And you've been working with a lot of young fighters, I see. Yeah, right? definitely. Most I, of my fighters had their first amateur fight with me, nice. and now you know they're seven and zero, eight and zero, whatever. It yeah, is, yeah, you know. guys are killing it. Actually. Yeah, definitely, yeah, it's definitely, cool. it's going good. So, all right, now when it comes to, because I'm pretty sure we're definitely going to have some young fighters here that are listening. When it comes to young fighters, what are you looking at um, for them? What would you say for them that they would need to start doing to get to where they want to be from their career standpoint? I would say. A lot of fighters are obsessed with training hard, and that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. But also, they need to look at this as 
they, they need to look at training as an educational standpoint from an educational mm-hmm. standpoint you know what i mean it's you, you got to study the sport yeah. you know what i mean so you got to combine not only working hard but you got to be an educated fighter so sure. and the fighters that just rely on grit they make it to that gatekeeper status they don't really yeah. pass the championship level the champions are very intelligent their fight mm-hmm. iq is very 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 high yeah. so you need to combine both you need to be a savage mm-hmm. and you need to be educated and yeah. i feel like studying fights and watching instructionals and and listening to different coaches and different minds i feel like this is really really important you know mm-hmm. being a student of the game and we talk about styles like stylistically do you look at people like should they look at people that they feel like they want to emulate and just find their style through that or that's one of the know? hardest things to do for a young fighter to figure yeah. out who they are for sure that's yeah. super hard yeah. you know what i mean because sometimes um, a coach will try to change a fighter uh-huh. and that completely ruins them. Like, for example, you look at like one boy Thompson. He's mm-hmm. such a unique type fighter. Yes. Imagine if you had a Muay Thai coach that was like, just kidding, stand square, mm-hmm. lift your knee up. It would mm-hmm. totally destroy his game. He sure. could never do it. Yeah. yeah. So like, one, the fighter needs to know who they are mm-hmm. and they need to have a coach that's humble enough to want to develop them in that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to find. Yeah, well, it takes it takes humility too, like for the coach itself, right? You got to understand who the person is, and in studying that person, I think well, coaches in general need to know who they're working with. For sure. And so, for you, finding out the details on who that person, what personality they they are, or you know how they like to carry themselves, and then what are they, how do they want to showcase their talents Definitely. inside the cage, right? Definitely. So, with that one, I w- I did want to ask you like. What was the most difficult challenge that you came across when starting coaching? Well, the most difficult challenge. I guess it was uh, at first like establishing credibility. Yeah. For me specifically. Yeah. Because we came from nowhere. Yeah. Gochet came from nowhere. You did. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it was like my guys were only amateur. Sure. And while they were amateur, we're already saying we're the best of all time. We're the greatest of all time. Yeah. And it's like, who are these guys? These guys are just amateur fighters. They can't say that yet. Where did you get that you know? from? Like, where did, where it was like that? So what happened was I had, um, I trained all my fighters from the beginning. And they all became amateur champion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They all had titles. Like, out of my mm-hmm. 10 guys, um, eight became champion, you know, yeah. the XFN, combinate all this stuff, sure. multiple weight classes. So in our level, we were the goats, you know? Mm-hmm. So like in our head, we're like, we're the best ever, we can't be beaten. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's how it started, That's cool. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, it's not that we thought at that moment, we're the greatest fighters of all time, or we're the greatest, I'm the greatest coach of all, it's not the case. Yeah. It's that, that's the goal. We want to be that, I you know, it. we're striving to be that. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, Speaking into existence. That's what we're trying to do, you know, and uh, I feel like it's happening. You know, GoChat officially has only been open for two years. Mm -hmm. And in those two years, we have the highest analytics on social media than any team in the world. I mean, there's some teams that have been open for 20 plus years and our analytics trump them by five times. (laughs) So we got the hype. We just got to continue the progression and then eventually we'll truly be the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Well, you keep, you know, going on that projection path, man. You're going to be there. So, all right. I want to talk about influences because you've obviously done very well for yourself. We got a camera crew here. Yes. What's this, cam- yes, this camera crew about? What so this this was amazing for us, for real. Um, 
you know, we gained popularity, yeah. and uh, our guys from Time Thread and Hawkeye, they, they walked in the gym one day, and they were looking to do a documentary. Cool. And uh, basically, they're like, hey, you know, we're willing to fund this project, mm -hmm. you know, because we really believe in what you're doing. Yeah. We're excellent at what we're doing. Um, let's join forces and run this together. Sure. So we're supporting each other, and they've been filming for over a year now gotcha. and continue to filming. We're looking for that beautiful ending, you know, to finalize season one of mm -hmm. Law of the Goat. And uh, yeah, I got really lucky with them, you know, that's for cool, sure. That's cool. You have a lot of high energy. I've, I've noticed that when you walked in. So I don't know. I, if I like that though. That's, that's really good. <laughs> I don't because, know. You know what that does do? That, that uplifts people. It does. Right? It does and that helps sure. with young fighters because they feel like they can trust you too as well, Definitely. right? Because you're there for them. You're, you're, you're rooting for them. You're cheering for them. And you're also giving them tactical feedback. For sure. Right? For Is sure. that something that you always have? Yes. I was always extremely high energy. I'll tell you this, that this four ounces of water I've drank is probably the first time I've drank water in like five days. <laughs> I, I drink straight coffee. Going through my veins is- Man, it made me want to drink more water. <laughs> Going through my veins is straight, you know, caffeine and TRT. Maybe right. some Adderall. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. That's all. I'm, a, I'm off. That's oh, why I'm just kidding. I'm off. I'm off. I'll it. be back soon. You're coming but, back. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. But high energy is what, what it is, you know? And I feel like that's my advantage of being a very young coach. Yeah. Because usually people fight until they're much older and then they sure. start coaching and they're gassed. Yeah. Me, I'm like, I stopped real early. Yeah. So I have all this energy. I mean, mm. my, my, my girlfriend, she's an attorney and she's the manager for all my fighters. Sure. We do 70 plus hours a week under the roof of our gym. Plus, when we get out of the gym, she's working on contracts, yeah. I'm working on social media. It doesn't end. Mm. And we're absolutely dedicated. We sleep in the gym. I've lived in the gym before. That's awesome, man. And that's why we're where we are, you know? Yeah, so definitely. the high energy does feed off into the fighters for sure. How old are you, by the way? I am 30. Well, I just turned 32. Yeah, all right there, same age, me and my brother, same thing. I mean, you have that high energy also. Yeah, you know? Not as much Definitely. as you, man. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Let's take hey, the same The most, The man. most energy <laughs> I've seen in the podcast book, to be honest. Yeah. I got a bang in there if you want that. <laughs> no more, no Heart more. Heart palpitation, we got some problems, all right. So, all right, what I did want to ask you was, Give me some of those major influences that you've had, you know, growing up. I know you said Danaher and-, and I hear, This is such a good question. No one's ever asked me that. I think a lot of um, the reason why I'm the way I am, mm -hmm. it's actually interesting. It's not so new school. In yeah. some ways it looks new school. It's actually extremely old school because mm -hmm. the tradition I grew up in in jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. was with Elio Gracie, Hoist Gracie, mm -hmm. like the original family of jiu-jitsu, the first family yeah. to ever learn jiu-jitsu in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came straight from them. I took more privates with the creator of Jiu-Jitsu, Elio Gracie, one of the creators, right? More privates with him than most people in the world. That's crazy. You know what I mean? That's awesome. His attitude of what Jiu-Jitsu was, mm -hmm. it was ruling with an iron fist. If you opened up a karate dojo in Brazil at that time, you fight. we'll run, walk into you, you'll walk into the dojo, throw a gi at the coach and be like, let's fight. Yeah. Bare knuckle, no time limit. Yeah. That's what I grew up doing. Sure. So when I was 14 years old, I was fighting bare knuckle, no time limit, headbutts, biting anything. Man, you, you know, know what's what I mean? so crazy? He's so nice too, man. Like <laughs> you wouldn't think that happens. Like you know, yeah. you get guys, and and that's one misconception that you do have is like fighters are always just these mean dudes. Like, Definitely, and, and it's far from the truth, you know. For sure, and you know, one thing just on a side note, I mean, I haven't fought on the street since I was in high school. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that has, I don't do that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I mean, my parents would be very embarrassed if I'm fighting on the streets still, you know, <laughs> trying to be a successful entrepreneur, For sure. uh, a respectful coach, you know, with my fighters and I give everything to them. I give my life to them. Mm -hmm. So I uh, definitely would never want to fight. There's a couple of brawls that broke out um, mm -hmm. recently. 
And, uh, you know, if you watch the video, I'm never the one to uh -huh. throw up hands and start anything. Yeah, it's just yeah. never going to happen for yeah. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I definitely roast people to a degree where they're very mad. So <laughs> that's that's what it is. But again, it came from the traditional Elio Gracie, traditional jiu-jitsu of throwing the gi at the guy and let's yeah. go, let's run this dojo storm. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And that mentality I bring to my team, the original mentality, and it sometimes, you know. I've seen some clips of you, like, you get the lights off. You know, yeah. it's like, you seen that? It's like neon. Yep, it's yep, definitely yep. Miami for sure, hundred percent. So I'll tell you where that came from. Yeah, I used to watch Mayweather a lot. Okay, and he has his crew around him, and they're screaming hard work, dedication, greatest of all time, like TBE, like just like. Yeah, it was the energy behind that. I'm like, yo, that feeling must be amazing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I gotta upgrade it because I don't like copying people. I'm gonna upgrade it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give i'm gonna uh what do you call it like activate all the senses of the athlete visually i'm gonna turn off the lights make it red make him feel that yeah, passion yeah, this is, yeah, awesome. i'm gonna surround my fighters around him and they're gonna put the camera lights on the mm -hmm. camera phone lights on and we're gonna scream at this guy you know what i mean and make him feel like he's in that event and I, we call it going to hell and i promise you this sounds absurd that visualization of what's happening at that moment the fighters will tell you it's scarier than the fight sure because absolutely we're trying to break his mind yeah, yeah, and he say walk through hell yeah. and make it so that's where it came from and it really are you, are you doing things. like dog in a hole are you bringing in fresh guys or is it one so one, one? i also since it's so chaotic mm -hmm. it, i need to make it as much of a controlled environment where they don't get hurt mm -hmm. at that moment because we get really really crazy during that moment yeah. so i have specific drills that are controlled enough to gas them the hell out sure but at the same time i know they're not gonna get hurt gotcha. so yes i have different guys that walk in but they have the mindset like okay i'm not i'm a body I'm not trying to hurt this guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're just gonna break him a little mentally, but not physically too much. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all right. Now, when it comes down, because we all have had it, but there's many failures that you've had in life, right? Yeah. So, for sure. I, everybody in this room, what are some of the major failures that you've had, losses, you could say, that gave you the most wins overall? Oh man, you just your questions are the best. This is a crazy podcast. <laughs> I appreciate right now. it, man. Jesus. So I've had like, like hundred something. Yeah, episodes. just that question alone, I could never. I could just talk all day and not shut up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's. Let's do it. Let's do I it. failed so many times. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it really sucks because, like, I was talking to my student the other day, and looking back, it's like, if none of those happened, I wouldn't be here. But I wish they didn't happen. But then, if it didn't happen, I can't do this. Yeah. So it really sucks because I had to go through such terrible times to end up here. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy here, and I'm happier than I could have ever been. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a, a quick example, like. Mm -hmm. My first jiu-jitsu coaches I was with for 15 years. I taught for free for like 13, no, for 12 years. Mm -hmm. uh, every single day. Did privates every single day. That's an, see, I don't want to stop you right there. I don't want to interrupt. But young coaches got to understand that. Like, yeah. they think that all of a sudden they call themselves a coach and now they're going to make money. Of course. And yeah, that's, that's not the that, issue. No, no, no. 90%, 95% of the stuff I do is free. I understand. But after that... It allows us to do more things. It allows us to be happy and make more money, right? Of course. So that makes sense entirely. I'm glad you said that for the listeners. Yeah, I mean, for 12 years I was doing that. And by the end of it, you know, I became a black belt there. Mm -hmm. The end of it, the loyalty was one way. Yeah. It wasn't back and forth, you know what I mean? And um, I had to end up leaving them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it taught me how not to treat the athletes. Yeah. That was a big part of it. So that was one thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do the exact opposite to my guys. I'm gonna show them real care, real loyalty. I'm gonna ride with them till the end. You know what I mean? So that was one thing. Then two was my fighting career. Yeah. Because everyone predicted me to be this protege. I'm talking about, 
I don't want to put them on the spot, but some of the greatest minds in the sport were like, yo, you're going to be absurd. Sure, yeah. You know, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And I made so many mistakes in my career, and I ended my professional career at three and three, mm-hmm. a 50-50 fighter. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can see which mistakes were made, training-wise, mentality-wise, um, focus-wise. So, focus-wise, just so many things. You know what I mean? And I can make sure my fighters don't do that. Mm-hmm. So every mistake I made, I will not let my fighter do. Yeah. And it sucks because I'll see fighters join the team, like we'll recruit different guys, right? They'll leave another team and come to us. Mm-hmm. And I see the path that they're on and I'm like, man, and they really believe it's gonna work. And I'm like, I believe it was gonna work too. Yeah. And I know it's not and it just sucks sometimes, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, I do my best to make sure they don't make the same mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, with those situations, those circumstances, that experience that you've had, ups and downs, makes you a better coach. Of right? course. Because you can put yourself in those positions as what they're going to go through over yeah. time. You know, Everybody's going to suffer defeat. Everybody's going to have some type of setback. It's how you obviously forgo those setbacks, utilize it, and triumph over it. So Definitely. I want to know now, though, like, the vision that you have, I'm pretty sure when you started you had a vision, but what's yes. now, it's, it's, it's blown up. So now what, what do we have going for this year, but okay, five, 10 years down the line? Oh my God, like I get chills because when we started this, I always wanted to be, you know, I wanted this to grow into the greatest team of all time, yeah. you know, yeah. um, in both ways. Like I wanted to have world champions, and I wanted to have the wealthiest fighters of all time. I really wanted to change lives, That's set them up for, for success. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're living it, like, I'm just the happiest I could ever be. I, I mean, sometimes I feel like crying because of how happy I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't sleep. I, I, I up till 2 a.m. waking up at 7 because I'm so excited. My, my girl knows I hate sleeping. I do not like sleep <laughs> at <tell>. all. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are black under here. I'm so motivated. Like, uh, it's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And living this life is, is, is amazing. So what I see in the future is just that. I really want to change as many lives as possible. I learned such a great mindset from my father, mother, my uncles, just to give you a little background. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yes, I got my education training with the best coaches around. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur wise, you know, education wise, my family, it's, it's a very unique upbringing because they were all immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle was a taxi driver mm-hmm. um, and you know, God bless him, passed away with over $50 million in his account. Well, from a taxi driver. My dad was a factory worker, multi-multi-millionaire. My mom was a single mom, had, had nothing going for her, no education, nothing. She's the first in her family to buy a mansion. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? We call it the goat mansion. Yeah. So it's like... Talk about overcoming adversity. That's what I'm saying. Levels. You know, and, I, and it's amazing to grow up with that because they taught me the mentality of, that's why we have the work ethic we have. Sure. You know what I mean? I saw these guys go from nothing to multi-multi-millionaires, money that people, generations will never touch. And they're such beautiful people, my, my parents. And they taught me how to do that. And although it kind of sucks that I have to do a lot on my own, even though a lot of people think that I'm a, like daddy's boy or something, you know, that I get the money. It's not the case. My dad, unfortunately, makes me do a lot on my own. I wish he didn't. You know, I wish, he, I'm like, dude, we're successful. Why are you making me suffer? Yeah, you yeah, suffer, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, but he's really making me go through it, but it's okay, you know, and I, I really love what we do. And because of that education, I'm able to combine it with the greatest knowledge of the best coaches, mm-hmm. plus the entrepreneur mindset my family gave me, mm-hmm. put that together and honestly, mm-hmm. the amount of money and support we can give our fighters is insane. Yeah. We're feeding, what, 14 fighters now? Mm-hmm. 
uh, three meals a day, five days a week. Wow. Not too many teams can say that, especially in the beginning. We're only two years open. Yeah. And we're able to do that. We're housing fighters. People sleep in the gym. That's cool. You know what I mean? And, and we really take care of our guys. So thank God it's all possible. And I, have, I owe it all to my parents. Mm -hmm. And they really did a lot for me. You know? Are you, do you have any kids? I don't yet. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, we, <laughs> one, day, fun. one day. One <laughs> day. It's going to be a fun one. You know, we're working so <laughs> much right now, so... But, yeah, um, I completely understand. But I'm obsessed with my girls, so one day. One yeah. Day. <laughs> so, what would you say... Because you said your father was highly successful. Obviously, your mother was too. What did your father give to you that you could take with you now? And, and ultimately, <sighs> later on, give to your kids? He's a really insane guy. <laughs> like, I'm talking about work ethic is, like, absurd. Yeah. Again, I, I told you, he came from the trenches of Pakistan, hiding from, mm -hmm. you know, bombs overhead, like yeah. crazy things, yeah. to coming here by himself at 16, $300 in his pocket, mm -hmm. classic immigrant story, right? Yeah. To being just hugely successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? One thing is, you know, he was sleeping in his business just like we do. He was sleeping in his business. He was working. Even when he became a millionaire, the guy was still doing 12 hour days at, at his business. Cool. He was obsessed with working. He's so successful now, he's still at his business. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. He just can't stop working. And one thing about him is he doesn't spend his money. Mm -hmm. It's weird. He kind of looks at it as like points in a video game. Mm -hmm. He just wants to increase the points. And I'm like, what, what's the point of this? You're still driving a Toyota truck. Like oh, from, wow. from uh, how old is that? Like 12 years, 12 years ago. Wow. It's his favorite car. That's he crazy. won't drive a different car. <laughs> but his mother, his mother drives, you know, a six-figure car. Of course. You know, which is amazing. I love, I respect that. Yeah. And, he, and we're like selfless. that too. Very selfless. Super selfless. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, like, you know, in the first couple of years of opening, I'll be transparent. Let's say Jim's making about 500 grand a year in our first year. Mm -hmm. I spent 497,000. 500 grand in the first, in the first year, year? Yeah. Wow. You know, that's combining with sponsors, by the way. Just the gym alone, no. Just the gym that's alone. Still, that's still. It's still. Just the gym great. alone, maybe 300. With sponsors, like 500. Yeah, that's still. Great. I spent 497. And my dad comes up to me, he's like, you made nothing. Yeah. But I said, dad, I put it all in the business. He's like, okay. That's different. If you're buying. It's an investment. Yeah. If you're buying stupid things, yeah. I would be upset. But he's like, are you putting it back in the business? I understand. Yeah. And that's why it's growing the way it is. You know what I mean? That's why we can take care of all the people we're taking care of. <laughs> and it's totally worth it. Because I'm not trying to be rich now. I want to bring all of us together. Look, we're going to have a community of millionaires, I promise you. Yeah. I swear to God. Come back to me in five years. If we're not millionaires by then, I quit. Yeah. I quit this thing. I promise you. I'll have a community. Five years. Five years. Well, I will have a community of millionaires. Not one million dollar fighter. I'll have That's a community good. of them. I swear to God. I swear to God. Is that the, is that the end goal? Is that what you think that you want to see? Is There's more? two, right? There's like the glory of being world champion. Mm -hmm. That's like legacy. Mm -hmm. But then, like Mayweather said, legacy doesn't feed your kids. Mm -hmm. So they, I, I got to make sure they make money. Ultimately, you're looking for happiness. Oh, 100%. I, I guess I'll say, look, when I talk about financial stuff, I'm talking about freedom for my guys. Exactly. I'm tired of seeing my guys living in the gym, not having food. I promise this is not a fake thing. This documentary crew, when this documentary comes out, you guys will know. I have fighters from Chile that messaged me two years ago and said, hey, one day I'll be in America and I'll be your student. Mm -hmm. And now they're my student living in the gym. I have guys from Mexico. I have guys from Venezuela. I have guys from... Um, Across the country, Cuba, come on. Like eight Cuban national team members that freaking it better be swam here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, let me tell you this. Wait, wait, wait. Look, yeah. you have to I need some this. stories. No, 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 you have to do this. You've never heard something like this in your life. I have a Cuban student. Uh -huh. His name is Freddie. I, I love this guy so much. He walked through the jungle for six months to get to America. Oh, wow. This guy has over 300 boxing fights. He was a silver medalist and the world champion for, for amateur boxing. Six and no MMA. 
This guy walked through the jungle six months. He has PTSD. This guy can't sleep either. Wow. But he, for bad reasons. I'm excited. He's He, <laughs> he hears animals at night. Yeah. He wakes up yeah. freaking out. Wow. This what? is real, bro. And he's 6-0 and right now? He's 6-0 in May. This guy's unbelievable, beautiful person, such a good heart. And he talked about how in the jungle he got bit by an animal. He had to go to a village because his arms started swelling up. Yeah. And they gave him like some crazy medicine. He was there for like a month. Wow. Went back to the jungle by himself, walking through the jungle. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of story is this? This is a movie. Sure. These guys, I fell in love with my students so much that that's it. We're sacrificing our lives for it. I, my, my girlfriend gave up a job in a law firm to work essentially for free right now on her own goat management business. Mm-hmm. We're sacrificing everything for this, everything. So with the business side, right, you've obviously 500,000 in the first year is, is crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, congratulations, by Thank the way. Thank you, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. If somebody is looking to start a gym like yourself, what should be the proper steps? Oh man, that's a good one. I have a lot. Oh God, this business is crazy. <laughs> All right, when I opened up, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I've learned so many lessons the hard way. Look, the 500,000, I spent most of it. So I don't know if I made anything. I made three grand. Yeah. Essentially, right? Yeah. I made 3,000 in a year. That's mm-hmm. not, that's terrible. Yeah. I spent everything. But still, like, um, it's a successful business. You brought in the, uh, the amount. Brought in a lot. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's helping everybody. But you're right. The lessons, oh, man. I could get really technical and talk about, like, bit, uh, building permits and all that stuff. I, I won't do that part. Well, that's one of the things that we kind of skip over. It's like the legalities of those. No, it's, and it's cool. the hardest thing to do because cool. you have to find the zoning for your actual spot. That's terrible. A lot of gyms, especially MMA gyms, you know, a lot of people don't want that in their, in their no, area. No. So that's, that's a hard one. But I'll skip over that. Talk about mentality because mm-hmm. the entrepreneur could be in any industry. Mentality is you have to be obsessed with what you do, and I completely disagree with don't put all all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. I completely disagree. Maybe I'm wrong too. I say put all your fucking eggs in one basket and protect it with your life and run it. That's how I say it. That's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, it's working for me, and I really think if you're an entrepreneur and it's your first business, you gotta go all in absolutely obsessed with it. You know what I mean? That's what these guys are doing, the documentary crew. You went all in on Law of the Goat. Right? He went all in on that on that pack that he's got on that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, bro. Oh, you Amazing. don't even know how they have stories themselves. <laughs> this is this is a crazy thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people, it's a blessing. There's a lot of people that believe in us. Mm-hmm. Our competitors obviously are upset, but they're our competitors. We're supposed to be. That's com- yeah. competition. They're not supposed to love us, they're mm-hmm. a competition. But there's so many people that are in love with what we're doing yeah. and they see the soul behind everything. Yeah. Because this is all BS. This stupid watch and jewelry this is all stupid Mm -hmm. this means nothing this is show this is miami this is oh we're driving lamborghinis and rolls royces this is mm, getting attention for marketing the soul behind the gym is what's real Mm -hmm. that these guys are living there and sacrificing and are obsessed with the sport and they're changing their lives and guys from other countries are coming here within six months they can afford an apartment in miami yeah stuff like that that's the soul of the gym for sure that's what matters the most you know you got some you got some good athletes in your gym now yeah, thank so, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so name me a couple that you see is uh well one the future right yes. and then also who you got in there because you know we got a crazy guy that we both know of course of course of course yeah we got yeah we got a lot right <laughs> but um I would say the coolest story and I I've always tell this story is Roy's story because mm-hmm. um Roy Echeverria he's seven and zero right now mm-hmm. he just beat the number nine guy in the country mm-hmm. at seven and zero that had three times the experience as him wow. so it's he's an unbelievable fighter. Blue check mark, 60,000 followers following him, right? Uh, he's doing great for himself. Yeah. 
I mentioned him because that's one of the most exaggerated stories. He came from Venezuela, escaped uh, a corrupt government. He was going to be arrested, facing life in prison for protesting against the government. Mm -hmm. Escaped his country, came to America, and used to drive Uber, red-eyed, come to practice 7 a.m., working till 4 a.m. I swear, these aren't exaggerations. Like, I wish that moment was filmed. These are real stories. Red-eyed, trained with me three times a day. He was my worst student, I have to be honest. My worst student. The joke in in the team... Some of the students would joke and be like, bro, we can't call ourselves the goat shit with a guy like Roy. Wow. That was the joke. There was a joke to even kick him out the team. This wasn't real. We love Roy. Yeah. But that was a real joke that people used to say, and he didn't understand English, so he had no idea what they were saying. Oh, man. He learned English and became my best student within a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Became my top guy. Now, pound for pound, my best guy, hands down. Did he feel like he was, like, obviously the worst in the gym? He had to, right? Yeah. I mean, he was losing practically every round. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, in the, but in the back of his mind, he was looking at you like, all right, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I'm going to come He was obsessed. Yeah. He was really obsessed the, with, with the this. The Tom Brady routine, bro. It, re- it really <laughs> is. And the, the goal, the, the vision of Goat Shed is directly reflected in Roy's life. Because yeah. he, didn't have, he didn't have money for rent. He didn't have anything... Fighting-wise, he was terrible, right? He became pound for pound my best student. And he's affording rent in Miami with his wife. Miami is the most expensive yeah. uh, state, uh, sorry, uh, city in the country, mm-hmm. and he has an independent life where he's making good money and he's yeah. he's free to do what he wants and follow his dreams. That's exactly what I want for all my guys. Sure. You know what I mean? So he's definitely the the story, the example everyone should follow. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my students, they should look at what he does, just copy what he did. Yeah. He's the hardest working man in the room. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, we got Ryan Coos. Insane. Started his career, basically his amateur career with me, and took off into now he's 5-0 pro. And he's fighting a guy that's a world champion Muay Thai fighter Mm -hmm. with over 115 fights. What promotion? Um, Titan. Titan. He's fighting Anvar something off. Those guys are scary. The OVs are scary. Don't mess with the OVs. The OVs are, you guys know, it's legit. Trained a bunch of them. Yeah, they they don't play. So this guy's a terrifying guy. You know what I mean? Legendary fighter. He's training at Sanford, obviously one of the greatest teams in the world. Um, So this is a lot of hype behind him. He has like 300,000 followers too, and we all know followers matter, right, in fighting skills. So he has all the following behind him. Social proof. Social proof. He has a social proof. Social proof. He beat us on that, which is rare. Uh, So this is a huge step ahead of us. Like, Ryan is far more inexperienced than him. So when Ryan comes out on top, oh, my God, that that absolutely legitimizes him on a world scale. True. You know? Yeah. It's going to be fun. This is uh, one of the years that I would say we call it we call it the ascension year. Last year was more of our, all right, we got we to resurrect this thing because of yes. COVID and all that other stuff. And I think of that course. for us, we're rising above all those negative situations that we've had to overcome in the past two years. Let me ask you a question. During sure. COVID... Were you still training people? I opened up my, I opened up the gym in COVID. Yeah. Now, were you training? Were you sponsoring any uh, clients as well? Uh, yeah, few, few of the fighters. You see, that's like the attitude of a super committed coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's someone you can really, really respect. Yeah, yeah. When, during COVID, I didn't close a day. Yeah. I just installed cameras so I knew when police was coming. I locked my doors. There was a special code to get in. Sure. Everyone came in through the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opened every single day, yeah. and I did free membership for 150 students. Yeah, and and uh, when it was lockdown, lockdown. Lock- Seven yeah. times, the police banged on my door. Yeah. Damn, I hope we don't get another lockdown. We had them <laughs> under the cage. Really? <laughs> I'm talking about 40, 50 Man, people. that's Miami because in, in Broward, <laughs> the sheriffs actually came to 
the bay door that we he opened it up and they saw us actually training some of the high school kids and they actually gave us some Gatorades. Oh, that's so. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a little different. That's awesome. But you know, I think that everybody kind of understood. Yeah. As far as like, we got to make sure that one, especially with these kids that are here, the inner city kids, we want to make sure we get them off the streets and so that of they course. can train and get ready. And football, as you know, also just like MMA, it's like a way of life down here. So, yeah. you know, it was one of the things that we really, you know, pride ourselves on. I'm actually, I started up a, a not for profit uh, for the disadvantaged youth. Okay. So we work with those kids too as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're going to do a fundraiser. I'll get you involved with that too. Yeah, awesome. wow, that's crazy. You know, get okay. them in the gym and train them up, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Punch them in the face a couple of times. <laughs> Let them feel it a little yeah, bit. Sure, Listen, I'm going to tell sure. you the honest truth. Like I, Just like you, I, I, the last time I got into a street fight was before I started training, which was 13 years ago. Exactly. So it's like when you're, when you're training every day and you're fighting in the gym every day, you don't want to do that again outside no, the gym, you know? Not, so. All right, so I want to ask one more question. Sure. This is going to be a hard one. Well, maybe not for Oh, you, I love it. I need the hardest way. question you can think so, of in the most blunt way. Well, well, do you like steroids? Oh, for myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that Bro, was my question. Let me, wait, wait, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. Get out. I have a, I posted a video of me holding a syringe. I, I'm oh, down. Because listen to me. When I retired from fighting, and I'm off it. That's why I'm skinny. Don't make fun of me. I'm skinny. Hold on, right hold on. So you I got off. You got off, but you got off TRT? I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. Yeah, okay. I'm taking a break. Right. With the TRT. When I retired from fighting, it yeah. was always my goal to just get huge. I wanted to be a monster because I was yeah. always so skinny. I was okay. a 45er. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what I'm saying. I was Man, a, how tall are you? I was spaghetti. I was six foot. I was like spaghetti. They one. one they used to call me spaghetti war master. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a joke. You know what I mean? Crazy. It was gross. So I'm like, okay. Once every time I'm gonna get juiced up, I'm gonna look like a monster. I've always yeah. wanted that for myself. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got to like 220. I looked fucking awesome. Yeah. Then I became an entrepreneur and I got fat. Ah. Well, you stop training though. But you stop training because you look amazing and you're. Well, not well here's the thing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm maintaining right now. Okay. Okay. At the I end of you. the day, we know that it takes a large amount of time. Yes. To one coach and then run businesses. Of course. Right. So it is. So I commend you on that. Let's get back on it, though. Oh wait, hold on. Uh, my athletes don't. That's very important. Hundred percent. We. Got That's extremely sure. important. We're a clean gym. Extremely. Yeah, I would be total support if anybody claimed that we did to, to fund testing for both. I would. Yeah. I would pay for that just exactly. to prove it. That's yeah. What that. No. 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 But when you retire, yo, I told all these guys like. Juice, let's get big together. Let's look cool. I don't know. That's awesome. I'm down. As long as with a doctor, why not? Yeah, yeah. Run the blood work, get the labs. Even though when I was doing it with like there was a guy in the corner of the gym, his stuff was better than the doctor. Uh, he was all. He was kind of weird. Cut. No, I'm sorry. Also arrested. Here we go. Oh god. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So back to the original question, right? When it's all said and done, right, and you are done coaching, you're sitting at home with your grandkids, right? What do you want to be remembered for? Wow. I never really thought of that, but I guess what I want, wanted to be remembered for was um, changing lives for the better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Helping people accomplish their dreams and taking them out of bad situations and, and passing on the knowledge my parents gave me to them mm-hmm. and, and permanently changing lives, whether they become world champion or not, just making sure they're successful individuals for the rest of their lives. Mm. I think that's what I would want to be remembered as. And then loving my girl more than anybody could. <laughs> that's good, it. Good, good finish. Yeah, good thank finish. You. That was awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again, man, for coming out, man. It's an awesome, sure. awesome interview, bro. Yes, I appreciate sir. it. We'll yes, do some more. Maybe do some YouTube videos, too, as well. Oh, that would be awesome. All right, sure, all right. Sure. See you guys next time.